When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Comedy Central. Welcome to Good Talk with Anthony Jeselnik, where I talk to one of my friends the whole time. It's like a podcast, except... Nothing. It's exactly like a podcast. My guest tonight is the splendiferous Natasha Legero, comedian, actress, wife, mother, in order of importance to her. <laughs> Natasha, thank you for being here tonight. I really appreciate it. I wasn't expecting this set. <laughs> it doesn't not look like your apartment either. What were you expecting? I thought it was going to be like your last talk show. Like, I've got a new show. Make it look like the one that got canceled. (laughs) Now, of all the guests I've had on this show, I've known you the longest. We've known each other almost 20 years. I knew you were a star the second I saw you. Was the feeling mutual? Um... (laughs) I'm sorry, but I don't remember the first time I saw you. It's okay. It's Here's been a what I remember about you. I thought maybe you were like, you were always very nice, but I was like, is he like a fraternity dude? Like, I wasn't sure, because we were like really young then. And then you would always wear like this blue Oxford. Yeah, it's funny. I had to, people thought I was rich. My parents gave me a Brooks Brothers credit card. They're like, so when you have a job interview, you can buy a suit. And I was just like, yeah, I can't afford to do laundry. Oh, that's why you always wore that? I would go to Brooks Brothers and buy new shirts like every couple of like months and then just wear those all the time. But I had no money. I just had Brooks Brothers clothes. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You grew up in Rockford, Illinois. How much did that suck? It sucked. Rockford was rated the worst place to raise a family by Forbes magazine. Really? Like, you can't even get a croissant there. There's... (laughs) How does someone as cultured and refined as you are now come from Rockford, Illinois? Well, it's an act. It's aspirational. Do you or do you not own gloves that go all the way to your elbow? (laughs) Well, that's because I figured out if I was on stage and saying, like, mean things, I could, like, be even meaner if I was wearing gloves. I think of all of the actors that I've seen who have like transitioned into comedy, I gotta say you're the best one. Who are your influences comedically that brought you from acting to stand-up comedy? Well, in Rockford, I somehow got into the theater there, like a regional theater. You know what a regional theater is? Like community theater? No, it's like half professional actors and then half like delusional townspeople. <laughs> and so I somehow got to be the child in all of these productions. So I was in the theater like my whole childhood. So my influences, I would say early on, were I became obsessed with Neil Simon and I read, like, every Neil Simon play, and that was comedy, um, because I know you're not that cultured. I know who Neil Simon is. (laughs) And then I loved Miss Piggy. What did you love about Miss Piggy? I just thought it was funny, like, she was glamorous, but, like, kind of street. 
Like, she would, like, kick your ass, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really loved John Waters. What did you like so much about John Waters? Well, I thought it was funny. Like, I would just hear him talk, and I remember he was saying he wished he was a woman because then he could get an abortion. And I was just like, oh, you could, I loved the idea of saying what you weren't supposed to say. Mm-hmm. I want to show you a clip of John Waters, one of my favorite clips. This is John Waters doing a non-smoking public service announcement that they would play in front of movies. Once movie theaters switched over from smoking to like, you can't smoke, they would have the famous people do PSAs. Oh, right. And this was his. So once again, no smoking in this theater. Mm. He's so cool. He's so cool. And the coolest thing about it is that they ran that in movie theaters. (laughs) Um, You moved from New York City to Los Angeles shortly before the events of September 11th, 2001. I don't have a question, it just seems pretty convenient. (laughs) You know, I was actually cheating on a boyfriend I had the morning of 9-11. So I woke up (laughs) at a hotel room and I had like 45 new messages. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm so busted. (laughs) And then I was like, phew, it's just 9-11. So you were were relieved when you saw the towers come down. Obviously, that's just a joke. But yes, no, then I found out like how serious it was. But it must have been a real scare before you found out about the terrorist attack. (laughs) Natasha, your stage persona is so kind of like precise and ice cold, like, did you start out that way? Like, tell me about your first time on stage. Um, Well, I actually did stand up kind of as a dare to myself. And I had such an amazing set that I had an out of body experience. The laughter felt like waves. Like I I had never felt anything like this before. And then I remembered my (laughs) hairdresser had given me like a half of a Xanax and I had never taken pills before. So I was actually just on drugs. That helps some people. And then the second time I went up, I bombed. I remember my second time on stage, I had a panic attack, like a full-blown panic attack. I didn't know what was happening. Really? Yeah. I just remember like walking off the Ice House open mic, going into the bathroom and just like covered, drenched in sweat, hyperventilating, was like, what just happened to me? Didn't get on stage again for months. Well, I think what happened, probably the same thing happened, is we had a good first set, so then you get really confident. Exactly. And you're like nowhere ready to like really be... Yeah. I remember I had in my head for my second set, I was going to tell everyone the open mic I was going to be at next. <laughs> so I was going to be like, May 23rd at, you know, the laundromat on Virgil. Like, I just in the, I just ended up, like, totally eating it. Did you still tell them where you're going to be next? No. I didn't have the tools to, like, even stay on stage in a bad set. And when you say tools, do you mean Xanax? <laughs> So in your newest Netflix special, the Honeymoon Stand-Up Special, it's like you do stand-up first, and then your husband Moshe does stand-up, and the two of you come on stage together? We roast couples. Let's take a look at that right now. So what's your name? Sebastian. Of course it is. <laughs> and what about, what about you? I'm Kat. Sebastian Kat. and Kat. And do you guys share a unicycle, or do you each have your own? <laughs> you converted to Judaism for your husband, Moshe, wouldn't it have just been easier to marry someone else? (laughs) Am I supposed to answer these? Like, did you have to convert to marry him? No, honestly, him going to Burning Man every year has been much more of an adjustment. (laughs) I basically married into this, and now he's never missed a year. Like, even when I was pregnant, I went. 
One of the reasons why I had a baby with him is because I was like, now I'll never have to go to Burning Man with him. You've always seemed very Jewish to me, even before you converted. I mean, Judaism is just a superior religion. How so? Well, like when I was young, I went to Catholic school my whole life, and like every time I would ask a question, I'd have to like go out into the hall. And like part of Judaism is like ask all the questions. Like in the Talmud, like their main text is in the middle of it is like rabbis fighting over like what's the right thing. You like rabbi fights? Well, I think it's stimulating. You're like talking about ideas and. I mean, I was raised Catholic and I hated it, but I wouldn't overcorrect so much as to say that Judaism is good. So do you call yourself a Catholic? No. I, you know what I call myself? An apatheist. It's like it's an atheist, but you don't care if there's a God. It's like, I don't want to argue with you. I'm going to act this way no matter what. And if when I die, I'm in hell, so be it. I had a great time here at Good Talk. <laughs> Can't argue with that. We'll be right back. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, there's no way you're going to be able to follow the rest of the show, and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> Natasha, I'm going to hit you with some agree or disagree. Okay. I'm going to read you a statement about comedy or stand-up comedy, and you tell me if you agree with it or disagree with it, all right? Agree or disagree, it sucks to have people you know in the audience. Ugh, the worst. The worst. <laughs> I mean, my dad told all of our, like, swamp relatives from New Orleans <laughs> to come to one of my shows, and they sat in the first two rows, got kicked out. We had to ask them to leave. I mean, it was a nightmare. Your father once heckled me at a comedy club <laughs> in Florida. He just kept screaming, Anthony, Anthony. And I'm like, what is happening? And finally, I'm like, what, sir, what? And he just goes, I'm Natasha's dad. <laughs> He's like that. He like always wants to be in the show. He's like, hey, take some shots at me up there. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I didn't know what he wanted. I just like, I got off stage and like shook his hand and walked away. He didn't even, he didn't want to come back and say hello or talk to me. He just needed me to know Wait, that Natasha's dad was in the audience. Say what you said though. I just changed a joke. I was doing a joke about taking a friend to get an abortion and I made, I changed the person's name to Natasha. And, he loved uh, that. He did? Good. I'm glad I could give him something, you know. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of comedy in his life. <laughs> Agree or disagree, for a comic to be relatable to the audience, they have to show vulnerability. I disagree. I think it's nice. No, but nice. I think it's helpful. Helpful. It's, it's easier. It's not essential. But neither one of us is vulnerable in any way whatsoever. Who's a vulnerable comedian? Most comedians. You think? Yeah, people want to tell you what's wrong with them. You know, as we're like, here's how we're better than you. You're right. I, I've never really done self-effacing comedy. No, I've never told a self-deprecating joke in my life. And Me I hate neither. the people who do. It's a crutch. It does get people to like you. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, oh, I'm better than this person. Like, they want, like, an overweight comedian to come up and tell fat jokes about themselves. They don't want you, like, pointing at them and being like, hey, you fat piece of shit. You know, they don't like that. <laughs> Agree or disagree, never eat the food at a comedy club. Disagree. Which comedy club do you eat the food at? The ones that have like a nice menu from the Italian restaurant next door. It yeah, can be the fine. next door, but you're not eating mozzarella sticks every night. No, or like mac and cheese bites. Yeah. But yeah. some of the food is fine. The statement wasn't never eat within a five mile radius of a comedy club. 
It was like, don't eat from their kitchen. No, it's always like chicken fingers that like, you know, they like feed the chickens Oreos yeah. and garbage. And Have you ever done helium in Portland? Yeah. I did that club once and I literally, I got there every night and I ordered a different thing from the menu because everything was so bad. I thought if I can just get something in my stomach, I'll be okay. So I ordered like one of everything. They were like running back and forth for me and it was all bad, it was terrible. And at the end of the weekend, I'm ready to leave and the head chef is standing out front waiting for his tip because he thought I loved everything so much that I couldn't get enough of it. And I had to hand him hundreds of dollars. Don't you have any love in your heart, Anthony? I mean, give the chef a tip. You're rich. Don't call him a chef. He was the guy who opened up the loose meat. If you talk about eating pussy on stage, you are great at eating pussy in real life. Agree or disagree? Disagree. I disagree as well. They're probably bad at it or too good at it. You can be too good at eating pussy? Well, like, there was, like, a book that was, I had, <laughs> I had a boyfriend who read, his, like, brother was reading a book about it, and it was, like, this man was, like, talking about how to eat pussy, and you could tell he was such a dork, and he, like, I think he even had an example of have, doing it with a glass of wine. <laughs> with a glass of wine? Like, you're eating pussy and drinking wine, like, yeah. Okay. Do you remember the name of the book? I'm sure you could Google it. Someone Google glass of wine slash eating pussy. Was... And that was agree or disagree. This next segment is called, is this a 16-year-old girl's Pinterest or Dane Cook's Instagram? Are you ready? You're on Instagram, right? You said pin Pinterest with like many I don't syllables. Know. Yeah, they make fun of me a lot. I thought it was Pinterest. And it's like, Pinterest. It's pin Pinterest. Yeah. Two syllables, not three. Pinterest. Excuse me all to hell. I'm 40 years old. <laughs> Let's look at this first one. Be a warrior, not a worrier. Is this a 16-year-old girl's Pinterest or Dane Cook's Instagram? I would say that's a 16-year-old's Pinterest. Let's see. It's the Dane man. <laughs> what about this one? I'd rather have an honest enemy than a fake friend. Dane Cook or someone Dane Cook would date? <laughs> I would say this is Dane. This has got to be Dane, right? It's Dane. <laughs> we got one more. This last okay. one could be a curveball. I want to be the reason you slightly tilt your phone away from others when you read it. 16-year-old girl or Dane Cook? I feel like I'm gonna hack the game because I think these might all be Dane Cook's Instagram. So I'm gonna say Dane Cook's Instagram. <laughs> Did she hack the game? She Dane the game. <laughs> these have all been Dane Cook, <laughs> even though they all could have easily been 16-year-old girls on their Pinterest. <laughs> we'll be right back with more. So much more, it'll make you sick. Good talk. Welcome back to Good Talk. My guest is Natasha Legero. I'm Anthony Jeselnik, and all three of us are living up to our names tonight. Who's all three of us? Like the show, me and you. Oh, I see. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but there's gonna be a lot of things, especially coming up, that don't make any sense at all. Okay. Natasha, all comedians have to endure morning radio at some point in their careers. Do you uh, still have to do it? Yes. Do you like it? Do you hate it? No, it's no one likes awful. It. It's awful. I just hate, like, a comedian who's, like, a creature of the night has to get up at 6 a.m. to go talk to some asshole. And always, like, as a woman, it's, like, I'd say 90% of the male DJs are like, ooh, look at her. Here she is. She's a spinner. 
I've been called a spinner by a morning radio DJ, I'd say maybe 50 times. I don't even know what that means. It means that you're so small, they can sit you on their dick and spin you around. You didn't know what that means? It makes sense now that you describe <laughs> it. Well, listen, I want to give you a chance to answer the kind of questions they ask you on morning radio, but answer them how you would like to answer them, not like you're trying to sell tickets to the San Jose Improv. Natasha, when did you know you were funny? You're putting me through morning radio right now? I'm saying you can answer however you want. You can be like, fuck you, I've always been funny. Oh, I see. When did okay. you know you were a fat piece of shit who had to do morning radio for a living? That's what I'm looking for here. So, Natasha, when did you know you were funny? Fuck you, you fat piece of shit. How do you come up with your material? Uh, I live life unlike you. That's great. Is that me too mean? No, that was totally great. You're a total spinner right now. <laughs> hey, how do you remember all that up there? I don't know. I have a high IQ, you fat piece of shit. How's that? I like the idea of someone just tuning in right now being like, why does she keep calling him fat? What's it like being a female comedian? I've been asked what it's like to be a female comedian in 100% of my interviews ever, so fuck you. Is there a line in comedy? I mean, these are the most annoying questions, Anthony. That is the point of the entire segment, which we're probably gonna cut out because you're such a little spinner. <laughs> you must get nervous before this show, huh? Is that why you drink so much? You know what? You are having a fucking fajita party at 6 a.m. <laughs> Get a life. I do love when you go to morning radio and they're like, do you guys want some ribs? And you're like, what are you, why would I want ribs right now? They're like Cinco de Mayo all month or yeah. whatever. Comedy must be pretty easy right now with everything that's going on, huh? You know what? I have to go. <laughs> Perfect answer. Now, we've got a special surprise for you, Natasha. You did so well with that, we're gonna tear off the Band-Aid and <laughs> dig inside that open wound, all right? It's time for How Do You Like Your Harvey. Right? Now, Steve Harvey is king, no doubt. Oh, my God. But he's a king of many different looks. We chose six different Steve Harvey looks <laughs> out of 24. I want you to put these in your order of preference of how you like your Harvey from one to six. Wow. Okay, okay. Um, I would say... Okay. You like Matador Harvey the most? Well, I Spider mean, Matador. whatever that is. is you think that's better that. than this one? That's second, because he's almost trying a little too hard. It looks like someone dressed him for like a bit, yeah. whereas like he just thinks this is a good outfit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Love a beret. He really pimps the beret. Oh, this is cool. I like surprise Steve Harvey. He like just heard about what buttons can do. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of into like suit length and like this is too long, right? Yes. Okay. That is checking. too long. <laughs> My husband's mother is like very into like camping aesthetic for her clothing and she always wears like those ventilated hats. So I'm gonna put this here. Is your mother-in-law Steve Harvey? No. <laughs> um, this is rough. I think he has machine guns on his pants. I'd say these are both a tie for the last. You know what's funny is this is the same day for Steve Harvey. <laughs> That's the same hat, he's just wearing it differently. So you actually hacked the game, Natasha. All right. And that is how Natasha likes her Harvey. And yes, there was only one right answer. 
and you got it. Really? Yes. Oh, awesome. You nailed it. Guys, let's take this away and burn it. <laughs> you're gonna wanna stick around for the D block because if you don't, your children will be born without eyes. Welcome home, friends. Natasha, when a comedian passes away, it's usually sad. But the work lives on forever, making people laugh for generations to come. Which brings us to our last segment, Make God Laugh. Is there any comedian who's passed away that you like really would like to showcase or someone that you really care about? N not really, I have to go. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for being here. It's been wonderful. And that's it for Good Talk. My thanks to the captivating and hilarious Natasha Legero. You can check out Natasha on her new show on CBS. As for the rest of you, good talk. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 